On today's episode of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, we might have come up where a famous saying came from. I don't know. But the pen is mightier than the sword. The pen is mightier than the sword. That's the saying we might have figured out. Maybe because, you know, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's written word and it's the sword. Did I ever tell you that the expression, it's okay, but it's nothing to write home about? I thought it was nothing to ride home about until I was probably 22 years old. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for spending your hard-earned time with us. <laughs> I, I guess nobody earns time. I think God just gives just time. have time. He blesses us with time. Exactly right. We're supposed to thank him for the time we have. We are Rochelle and Carter. Have you ever seen that movie where time is currency? And you're able to get, it's like a sci-fi no! thriller with Justin Timberlake or something like that. Oh, no, that's probably why. And Anything with Justin Timberlake, unless it's Shrek. That's that's a good or point. Or Trolls. I like him in animated he was, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he was great in Trolls. A lot of, uh, a lot of NSYNC fans, like, I, I, to not sin, I have to watch him in animated stuff. <laughs> I can't actually watch him. Uh, thank you for spending time with us. We uh, talk about our, this is like an audible quiet time, if you will. It's an anything but quiet time. We talk about what we're going through spiritually. And yeah. by the way, Email us anytime if you're going through something, you've discovered something, uh, whether it's through hopeondemand.com mm -hmm. or just in your own quiet time, morningshow at ksbj.org. So when you were a little boy, what was your dad's phrase? Like it's something you can remember him saying. Hey, knock it off. Okay. <laughs> hey, you guys knock it off. Okay. Uh, maybe something more spiritual, maybe oh. some more like instruction oh. or. Well, we were talking about this the other day about your friends. Uh -huh. You pick your friends. You don't let them pick you. And you pick the company that you want to be around because they will make up your personality. This is true as, even as adults. Sure. We, we are the byproduct of people that we spend time with. Sure. And uh, and to not make to make sure that you, you don't get in a situation where this bully or, or somebody that's not not of good reputation says, you're my sidekick. And so, no, I'm going to stand up and yeah. I'm going to pick the people that I hang out with. I love that. I love those little catchphrases that our parents give us and that over time they just stick with us. And we're going to share it with our kids someday. Yeah. And yeah. I'm already doing that. Um, my grandfather used to tell my dad, a word to the wise should be sufficient. Like if you're wise, you're going to pick up on this the first time. Oh, right, right. <laughs> the word should to the wise be sufficient. should be sufficient. Yeah. My dad, though, as a pastor... He would practice a lot of sermons on us as a kid. In fact, that was like a discipline regimen. It was like... Like you listen. sat there for the 30 minutes? It, there was no capital punishment with my dad. It was just sermons. Here, sit down. You're going to hear what the Word of God says 17 different ways, and you're not going to move until you understand what I'm talking about. But... And then you did an altar call every week. <laughs> he passed around this little... It was just my Flintstones plate. Here you go. No, I'm kidding. Um, but my dad, uh, along with many pastors, this is how they close their sermon. And with this, I close. Have you ever heard a pastor say that? And then they go on like for a few minutes? For a few more minutes. Yeah. Okay. So the very end of Ephesians, Paul does something very similar. He says, and finally, brethren. And then he says something. It's interesting that he says, and finally, because during that time frame, when you would close with something, a lot of the times they would leave like the most important stuff at the very end, mm. which is fascinating because the entire book of Ephesians is pretty filled with awesome stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Right. But in this particular instance, his words were finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then he starts telling us what we have right there at our disposal to be utilizing so that we can be strong in the Lord. 
and be powerful with with not us, which is what I mean. How many times have I tried to work out stuff in my own power? Yeah. Every day. And I have to be reminded, oh, yeah, I have the creator of the universe wanting to invest his spirit into my life. And should I somehow tap into this, which I can through Jesus, I could actually have something here, you know, as opposed to me just trying in my own strength. But uh, he tells us about his armor and it's something that he is telling us we need to put on. And as believers, we should put on. And it's one of those things like if you had to dress up for a Star Wars what do you call it? this convention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you have the stormtrooper outfit. Comic-Con. Yes. Why you... in the world would you not put that on? Now, you... listen, if you're not a nerd, there's like 20,000 reasons as to why you wouldn't. Put I wouldn't that on. be there. <laughs> I yeah. No, but if you uh, if you have the outfit and you you're there the for the reason, you would totally put that on. You would. And yeah. And you'd make sure that your voice come out, came out of the mask and sounded kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't sound anything like these are not the droids we're looking for. Exactly. Except I think that's what Obi-Wan. The point is that I sometimes I leave that armor uh, hanging in, in my spiritual closet and I'm not utilizing it. And I just briefly to touch on the different parts of the armor, which are so beautiful when you unpack what it really what it really is. So you do have the belt of truth, which the belts that they wore back in the day, what would have been seen in Roman armor. The belts were really big, almost like I, I don't want to say a girdle, but something super thick. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it would have been even something that they could have hung other tools from. Like one of those wrestling belts? So Maybe that's what I'm picturing, actually. <laughs> okay. But I, I've even heard Tony Evans say, you know, when you put on a belt, what does it do? It holds things in place. Mm. And so Jesus tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And what I'm doing is I'm holding everything in place with the truth of who he is and who I am in him. Mm. And so that I, I got to make sure that I'm wearing truth today. I want to be honesty. I want to be that person that when they see me, they know they're what they see is what they get. Yeah. You know, the breastplate of righteousness, what what is that breastplate cover? It covers your heart. And this is righteousness that I did not acquire in, in any fashion, except that it was given to me through Jesus Christ's death on the cross that I could say yes to him. And that could be mine. I did not earn this righteousness. There's nothing I could do for it, but it's who he is. That's his character is to be righteous. And my heart needs to walk in the truth of what that looks like. Like my actions should be sharing with people around me that this is who I am. It kind of goes along with the truth aspect and wearing the belt. But, um, you know, a lot of things we allow into our hearts that shouldn't even be there in the first place. We got to protect that, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's the the shoes that we wear and the armor. It's like the football cleats. Is it, are the are there cleats in football? Absolutely, okay, there are. Thank you. I'm, I'm cleats great. in every sport except for basketball. No cleats in basketball. No cleats in basketball. They outlawed that after that one incident. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was really with the peach basket messy. getting caught in the. Oh air. my goodness. Anyway, the cleats they keep you grounded, right? If I want to stand here, I'm going to stay standing here because my feet are dug into the earth below me, mm-hmm. and those are the kinds of shoes that the Roman soldiers would wear. They had spikes on the end, so they would be. And it says to prepare. You wear these these shoes shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so it, it basically you're saying I'm standing firm and wherever God is going to take me. So, hmm. and I'm going to be bringing peace with me. Yeah. And there's this famous scene in tombstone where it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing Hades with me. I'm going to just say that instead. Yeah. I'm bringing Hades with me, you know, no, I'm bringing his peace with me wherever I go. And I have peace whenever he asks me to share his gospel message. 
I'm going to bring that with me. I'm walking in a good way with him in alignment with him. Um, and the shield of faith, this is me taking God at his word. I believe what he says he will do. That's faith. I believe the promises that you made to me. That is who I, I, who you say I am is who I am. And it's my faith that when the enemy comes along and, you know, the Bible talks about these fiery darts. Well, I'm sure that happened in warfare quite often. They didn't have the military, you know, stuff that we have today, but they would take this animal skin. They'd wrap it around a wooden, um, kind of like a rectangle Mm -hmm. and they tighten it up. And then sometimes there would be some metal involved in there to create this shield, but they would dip that leather part of their shield in the water. So when the fiery darts would come, it would just ping Mm -hmm. right off of it and would quench the fire. And I think about anything the enemy throws at you today. It's my, it's what I truly believe. It's what God has given me. He's promised these things to us, Carter. The, the, word, the word is filled with promise, you know? Yeah. And I want to take God at his word, period. The last part of the armor is the, uh, and it's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily going in order of what scripture says in, in Ephesians 6, but it talks about the helmet of salvation. We see a lot of stuff every single day. We take in a lot of stuff every day with our senses. And our brains sometimes are overwhelmed. But I want to have the mindset of Jesus. And I want to apply that to everything that comes past these eyeballs, these ears, and before it gets past this trap door of mine, my mouth. Because that tongue, boy, it can set up fires, right? Yeah. And... I think it's really important to know that because of salvation through Jesus, because he saved me, I can have his mindset. I can have his heart. I can gird myself with truth, as it says. I can have those shoes that keep me steadfast in peace. I can I can have, no, the, I f- almost forgot the most important part. All of those parts of the armor, they're defense, right? Mm-hmm. The one part of our armor that helps us to come into combat if we need, if we have to, if we have to go in, uh, what is it, face-to-face combat. It's a sword is what it says. It's the sword of the spirit being the word of God. But Roman soldiers were known for their tiny dagger-like swords so they could come in fast. And it was actually ingenious because a lot of people, while they were swinging up high with their giant swords, the Roman soldiers just come right in Mm. below while they were swinging that sword and get them. Our sword, that that dagger, is the word of God. And I'm I'm often reminded Jesus never conversated with the enemy. He didn't have a conversation. He used scripture when the enemy tempted him in the desert. Mm. Yeah. And so am I am I in the word enough to know where I stand in the word? And so that when the enemy comes around, he's like, Hey, you're not good enough for that job. Hey, you're not smart. You're not pretty. You're not uh, ever going to make, uh, you, you're never going to get out of debt, whatever it is that you're struggling with. Hey, you're going to die from this thing. And here's the thing. First of all, if your destiny is in Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about any of those things because we know whose we are. And we have to remind ourselves of those truths that comes in with, you know, our, the things that hold it all together, that, that belt of truth. But I've got scripture also to back me up to help remind me and the enemy whose I am. I'm a child of God. You know, uh, the Bible tells me that God is love in First John chapter 4. It also tells me that if he is love, well, perfect love casts out this fear plan, this mm-hmm. fear tactic of yours. I'm breaking up with fear today, enemy. You know why? Because he has not given me that spirit. 
not a spirit of fear, but a power, love, sound mind. You start using that sword, which is his word. And that's how you do combat, should you? But see, here's the thing, Carter, we are already in a battle that has been won. So we have to find ourselves, even though, yes, we're wearing armor, the enemy doesn't have a shot at winning this battle. Yeah. And we have to be reminded of that. And that's such a hope-filled place. You know, I think um, I think of those times where you may be playing a board game with a family member. Let's say it's Monopoly. Ugh. It's not your favorite, is it? I love Monopoly. I just know it lasts six hours, and then you get frustrated, and you throw the game against the wall at two in the morning. <laughs> I mean, that was I've just heard people do that. I don't know. So let's just say you're in that position where you know you don't have a shot at winning. Okay. But you're just going to put it all out there on the line, uh-huh. and you're going to try to take as much as you can from the opposition, as much as you can. That is the only reason why the enemy is still fighting this people called God's people is because he's going to take down as many as he can because he's already lost. He already knows he's lost. He's, yeah, you know, bankrupt. But I was telling that to my little boy yesterday when we were talking about the armor of God and talking about, you know, the enemy. He talks a big game. That doesn't mean he should not be in some way respected because he was an angel. God created him. He's obviously more powerful than we are. Because the angels were created a little bit more than humans is what it says. We're a little less than the angels. Yeah. um, In pecking order. However, God had this game plan where he sent his son into the world and through him we're a new creation and it's his spirit in us that helps us recognize we can tap into the power of heaven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he has no hold on me. And so even though I was made a little less than the angels through Jesus Christ, now I am joint heirs with Jesus for all that the kingdom has to offer. And I think it's, it's so important to recognize in this battle, it's been won. I'm not to go up against without God. And he's his reminder at the beginning of, or the beginning of this chapter in Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, this is where it's getting good, he's saying. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So I noticed that, anybody can notice that all these things are, the armor of God are in battle, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's not, and so I guess when we talk about victory, that's at the ultimate end, right? You know, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, because next week something devastating could happen, but that's where the peace comes in. It's these things that we'll have with whatever physically happens to us on this earth. And we're supposed to have it on daily. Yeah. Well, so, I think we've talked about before, you're not even supposed to take it off. Yeah. Well, Where does it say take it off? Never says to take it off. No. Maybe you're just supposed to shine it up in the mirror that day. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. Right. But yeah, it's like, okay, I'm invited to the Star Wars convention. I'm just going to stay in the Stormtrooper. <laughs> See, that that analogy doesn't work. <laughs> Let's take that Let's one Let's take the Stormtrooper off you and take a to shower. You need to bathe yeah, exactly. But this is spiritual armor and we are to put this on. And I can't say that I am in my prayer time thinking through these different aspects of God in my life, who he is for me. Am I remembering that he has this incredible power and I can be just utilizing this gift that he's given me and Mm -hmm. am I using it to its full extent? How many times somebody gets sick in my family and I'm not instantly reminded, hey, I should pray. I've been there. You know, hey, let me pray for you. I very quick to pray for others. KSBJ listeners on the phone, but in my own family, oh, you don't feel good. Let me take your temperature. Let me get you some medicine. Let me make sure that you're laying down, that you have everything you need. All of those things, very important. Did I remember to pray for my child in the midst of this? 
a lot of folks right now listening are like, well, I should hope so. But, you know, that just tells you whether it's, you know, that situation or maybe you're in the middle of, I don't know how I'm going to I'm going to pay this bill this this month. Have you thought to pray over this? This is this is the guy. This is the God in Psalms that is said to own a cattle on a thousand hills. If he owns all of this stuff that we see around us every day, does he not have the ability to help you in the midst of your situation? Yeah, a pastor once said, I don't want to leave anything on the table. Yeah. And when I get to heaven, you know, all these blessings I could have had just to just to pray for him, though. Um, I, I think when fear, it, it's so tough because you talk about spiritual warfare and you talk about victory and and I am a, a pretty solid believer. For example, one thing that we talk about in Christian radio is spiritual warfare, you know, the enemy has wrecked this tower. I remember one station I worked for the tor- you know, tornado took out a tower. Okay. And so, you know, but but even my boss there said a lot of people will talk about spiritual warfare in terms of something like that. Something physical. But I think that's, you know, po- possible. But I think really where the warfare happens is, all right, now that the, you know, the the radio tower's down, yeah. how are us in the office treating each other? Are yeah. we less impatient? Have we let the enemy get a foothold in our life with the physical circumstance that could have been him, could have just happened? And then how are we letting the enemy infiltrate how we love each other? I think Minnie is a great example of that. Stuff on the outside is happening to her body right now. She's going through chemotherapy mm. and... uh I, I think it's really awesome. She's taken this 30-day challenge that we started talking about in January 2020. I don't know when you're listening to this. Um, but 30 days, listen to nothing but Christian music and see if it doesn't make an impact in your world. And it really, she she emailed us and said, it has made a change in, in my outlook. Mm. And so I think if the battle is already won, and because we can we can align ourselves with that mindset of Jesus is victorious. And it says, you know, through the, the helmet of salvation, I'm, I, I want the mindset of Christ in, in all of these things that yeah. I do every single day. I can have peace in the darkest of storms, period. If God takes me home tomorrow, if that is his will, his permissive will, then, uh, you know, Paul says, Essentially, he says, you can't scare me with heaven. He said, if I live, that's amazing. If I die, it's gain. It's okay, because whether I live or I die, I do it for Jesus. I'm, I'm good. You know, we think about the worst the enemy could do is to destroy. But Jesus gives us hope. And he says, but I, I I'm here to I'm here to refresh. I'm here to renew. I'm I'm telling you, eternity is set with me. I, I want to go ahead and play this because okay. I think that's exactly what, when we talk about victory in the, in Christian culture, some people go, but I know I'm I'm going to get through this because God only allows victory. And and I, I just, let me play this and we'll talk about more about, about that interpretation. That this is Elevation okay. Worship and I, I legitimately think. I don't disagree with what they say. I think maybe if you're talking about just, hey, I'm going to beat cancer. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, that, but but let's, let me play okay, the song. Okay. And I think we can only play legally 30 seconds of this. You might be hearing this on KSBJ soon. Uh, Elevation w- Worship, their new song, Sea of Victory. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. Mm-hmm. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God. 
That's so good. It's so powerful. Yes. And so I, I just wonder because I know where my hopeful mind goes and I've heard other people, yeah, you talk about beating cancer. You talk about, let's just, just use another example of I am, I started this business Mm-hmm. And I'm in debt because it had the business hasn't got started off to a great start. Sure, but I see a victory. God only allows victory, so I know this business is going to prosper. I don't necessarily think that these circumstances here on earth, that every individual thing, God in the end is victorious, is what I believe this is talking about. Yeah. And when you talked about the the armor of God, mm-hmm. if that business fails, God is has the victory and my peace in the midst of that business going under is the victory. Yeah, it's untainted because of circumstances. And I just I, I'm hopeful. Like I always hope, you sure. know, whether it's a healing or whether it's a, a financial thing that God will allow I know we should pray for it, certainly. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, that if you're we are in debt or whatever it is, that we can lift that up to him and he can help with that. But I think it's, you know, the song, even if, but even if yeah, God still is victorious because when this whole life and when time has stopped, that's when victory has totally, is, is totally here. Can death bring victory? Yeah. It did. 2000 years ago, it was death that made it a thing. It was Jesus's death on the cross that brought us victory, period. Why are we so afraid? of those things that come against us. And if it's allowed to happen in the life of the Son of God, it, it, it's not even like an if, it's a guarantee. We are going to have trials and tribulations. Jesus was very open about that. Does he want good things for us? Yes, that's why he gave us his Son. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that, hey, the, the things that we equate with goodness here on this planet aren't fun and great and wonderful and blessings from heaven, yes, but there's that uh, awesome song, um, called blessings and it says what if blessings come through raindrops right I, I believe that they can you know we did a podcast just last week about anger and a friend emailed and said by the way i got really angry left work i heard your podcast and it really blessed me and i thought you know it's interesting that god used something that was ugly and hurt my feelings in the moment for his glory ultimately yeah yeah you know so i i can't I'm not saying that there there isn't victory when you have those incredible financial um, moments in life where you're like, yes, God brought this blessing. Yes, praise him for the Everything blessing. Everything good is from God. But you also have to consider that sometimes the things that sting, sometimes the things that um, can even grieve us, that somehow ultimately if he promises in his word in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for God's people according to 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 let me let me say I'm saying this all right. This is my grandfather's favorite verse and mm. from heaven. He's like shell shell Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God who are called according to His purpose in Christ Jesus concerning you. That is His promise that He will work it. Yeah. Now say that first part again. Okay. Of the verse. And we know we know it's an established fact that all. Things Keep going. Work together for good. Stop. It doesn't say my good. It says good. It says good. Here's something that I'm terrified uh, a little bit right now. And I and I uh, I guess terrified is the wrong word. Just like a little anxious about. Um, but I talking about spiritual warfare. Here you go. This has happened to us twice now. I'm getting ready to go to Africa. Mm-hmm. And all right before it happened, 
um, uh, there's nerves. My wife's pregnant. So there's nerves that I'm going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she lost a, a former classmate that passed away. Um, it, it, by no means it, had she even talked to this person in 15 years, but it was still like, oh, my goodness. You yeah. know, it was sad. And then on top of that, she had a, a dream that we lost the child. And so here is this terrible day before I go, mm. and there's um, a pull in me to just want to go, I'll, I'll just stay. I'll yeah. just stay. Knowing that this is a mission trip to Africa and good's going to come out of it. Yeah. And uh, this happened to her, to me when, um, or to both of us, I guess, when she went to India. It just seemed like a lot of things happened where, oh my goodness, what's wrong with the dog? We got to take him to the vet. Well, maybe you shouldn't go on the mission trip. And uh, so I think that that, that is that, that spiritual warfare that can happen there. Yeah, it is. But, I. It's interesting you bring that up because I read something the other day the other day that said if you walk out, you step out in faith in something that you believe that God told you to do, and all of a sudden you get met with opposition, 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 mm-hmm. it's a, more than likely you're doing something right. I think so. Because think the so. enemy's not going to fight it if it goes along with something he wants. Now, I think if doors <laughs> get shut, I think that's God telling you, no, not right. this thing. You were off on that. But if it's not doors shut, if it's circumstances that are, are going to be fine. Exactly and, right. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then the fear, you know, talking about, we've already really talked about the the what I need to cling to, but just the fear of, of losing a child. Oh, yeah. We have a friend that... Um, she was um, about where my wife was in the pregnancy when they had a miscarriage um, just a month or two ago. Mm. And I've been around, uh, I did got to do this event for um, a ministry that helps parents that have lost children, both both in that, but also kids up to, I don't know, adult kids. Sure. And Your baby's always your baby. I don't want to go through it. Now, I know that all that's true sure, and that all peace that, will be there yeah. and that I'll, I would see, you know, whatever happened that those people that involved in that ministry, they're going to see their children again. Mm-hmm. But I think there's just that fear of you talk about a victory and th- this life is not heaven mm-hmm. and bad things are going to happen. Yeah. And it's the armor that we have to you find out what you're made of, where your faith stands when something does happen like that. Yeah. Do you ultimately trust him and his word? Take him at his word. That, that shield of faith, it's so, yeah, and everybody's got a thing, and that's such a callous way of putting it, but we all have something mm-hmm. that has caused us tremendous uh, tremors in our yeah. faith. Yeah. Whether it's a medical issue, it is for me. Um, whether it's it's just been, you know, thing after thing, maybe your child is in prison. Maybe you like did all the right things as a parent and it's still whatever. Mm. It didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can't get pregnant and you've tried multiple times and you now have several children in heaven. We've heard those stories um, and we don't have all the answers and that's OK. And it's hard for that to be, quote, OK, because we are a seeking people. God created us to always seek. Why? Because he desired for us to find him. And we want answers. But he is standing right there saying, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. This is the way it went. This is a broken planet. But I have an escape. It was a broken planet because of sin. And that's not God's fault. And anything that happens doesn't mean that God's not real. This is very rudimentary. But I told a um, a student of mine this. I, I kind of meet up with some students that I used to have in youth group. Mm-hmm. And it's, very, again, very rudimentary to compare to any loss or anything, but it's kind of like the school play. 
Okay. When you're in third and fourth grade and you're all trying out for the the play and the goal of the play of the production is to reach the masses with the message of the production. All 75 parents in the crowd. (laughs) That's the goal of the play. And here I am and I got the part of the tree. Wow. And I just better than the rock. That's true. That's true. A little more hard-headed as a rock. Or the toadstool. Or the toadstool. I didn't get the part that I wanted. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean the play doesn't have the point. It doesn't mean that the the director's not in charge and knows what he or she is doing. Yeah. And, of course, God is the director of this play we call life. This very short but a vapor of our eternal life. And God knows what he's doing. Yes, he does. These are, I think that's a great, um, that's a great picture for, for people already of faith. I think um, for those who don't know about the foundation that we find through Jesus Christ and believe in this hope that we know this is not the end, right? That we, after death, we go on mm-hmm. and we go on in perfection of who he is and all of that, what that has to offer, what we'll constantly be unpacking. It'll be amazing. Uh and, and we can start unpacking here because the kingdom of heaven is now, yeah. right? Yeah. But for those who don't believe, it must be so dismal. And you would probably not be able to use that kind of an analogy because they they don't want, and that's the problem, that's the struggle. They don't want their life to be limited to being a tree mm-hmm. on the in the play. They want to achieve whatever. And if they don't achieve the status of what they think in their mind is the it place, or even if they do, they find such emptiness, you know, yeah. and so it's it's those questions that they come at us with in the midst of tragedy. Well, how could your God let this happen if this isn't a thing? But again, when they ask those kinds of questions, I, I need to not be so defensive. defensive. Yeah, I need to not yeah. be defensive because here's it goes back to what I just said about seeking. They're seeking. Yeah. And there's an opportunity for maybe a foot in the door to a conversation. Now, I don't need to be condescending to this person because they're an atheist and they don't know what they're talking about or whatever it is. If you're listening right now and you don't believe in God, certainly would never, ever want that to come across as condescending. Because even an atheist in believing that there is no God has come and ar- arrived at a place of saying, this is the philosophy that I have for my life. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe, you know, and... I respect that they've at least had some thinking about it. You know, I've gone through some, maybe some hard questions. These are the answers and this is the way I feel. But if I would encourage you, if you still have questions and you, you're still not satisfied, there's a reason for that. It's because the only thing that can truly fill up that, that gaping hole, sometimes it's just throbbing. It's so intense is Jesus Christ, period. And that's not the popular answer, I think. According to the world, they want to be able to say any path leads to God. But the Bible is clear that that is not true. Right, right. It's just Jesus. This has been uh, a really, really good one, really even heavy at times. Um, And so thank you for spending time with us, by the way. You ever have that friend that tries to cheer you up but does a terrible job? Yeah, I've got a couple of those in my life. My friend. He's terrible at cheering people up. Oh, what did he do? Well, the other day I was having a down day. Yeah. And uh, I, I I was telling him what was going on, and he said, well, it could be worse. He was mm. one of those guys. Could be yeah. worse. You could be the rock in the play. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and speaking of which, he goes, he goes, it could be worse. You could be uh, stuck underground in a hole full of water surrounded by stone. Now, I know he means well, 
just going to let you dangle. Because these jokes, they get set up and then they don't go anywhere. Because you already hit the punchline. And you just left us with a sentence fragment. (laughs) 